Yeah, good morning. Arizona, November 4th. This is Buddy's owner. And we're about to do an Arizona schnoodle walk here. Because this is where really amazing ideas come to fruition. So I just had the door slammed in my face as I was walking out the back door. It's kind of pleasant outside. It's probably 70, I don't know, it's kind of dry, a few points low. It's Monday morning. So I got the door slammed in my face. So why is that? That's embarrassing, right? Do you really want to podcast that? <laughs> I don't know. We're sitting around drinking coffee. I don't know. It's, it's just a touchy subject when it gets into the Bible, right? Isn't it? It's amazing. So... Uh, I am so, what is it? My calling, I guess it is, is personal transformation, transforming. It is working out. It is going to the gym, lifting the weights. So my wife was going on about how she's listening to this podcast about, you know, this. there's a podcast from a woman teacher in Texas. Oh, wonderful. And she's teaching and you know, she reads it through Genesis and Exodus. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my huge blind spot, folks, is I know it's my blind spot, is I am so inclusive minded that when people like form their own little groups, you know, I got to look, I look at their group and I go, well, okay, there's a bunch of people that love listening to a podcast about Genesis, Exodus whatever old testament stuff and i just i just made a few comments like well yeah more knowledge what do, do we need any more knowledge it's like i guess maybe i'm going to call this theme do we need more knowledge right do we know enough right and what do i mean by do we know enough right so i'm for for someone that's in my head as much as i am like the most in my head person I'm trying to get out of my head, and when I the way I get out of it, my head is by interacting with people, is talk to them. It's like if I'm talking to somebody, empathetic, listening to somebody, I feel like I'm out of my head, right? It seems natural, and I just uh, that's what I do. You know, like thinking about do talk to strangers from my colleague Carrie Phipps. Do talk to strangers. Dubbo, Australia. I just, this is what I do. And my wife's different. And I'm like, I guess I started pushing into her buttons, pushed her buttons this morning because what I'm asking for, or I don't know if it's I'm asking, I wasn't even asking. I was just kind of commenting and it just like, it just rubbed against the grain with her. It's just like amazing. Like, I feel like the message folks is personal transformation, right? And yet, everything is all about this Reformation thing. This, we're still stuck in that Reformation. It's still, oh, did you hear this woman in Texas? She's, oh, it's so wonderful. She's doing a podcast and she's talking about Genesis. And then, you know, she'll probably talk about Exodus and Leviticus and just talk about it. Oh, oh, that's why I need to listen to that podcast. That's <laughs> funny. And it's like, this is where my, my uh, blind spot is because I, uh, I just don't see that as something that I think is of value to me because I'm, I'm more of like, okay, well, I, I can read Genesis. I don't need someone to read it for me. And, uh, and if they do an NT write on me, an NT write is when you, you like, Look up all this ancillary information. Hey! Doggy across the street. Oh, dogs. Two dogs barking. Yeah, that's what dogs do. They bark. <laughs> Buddy, am I like you? Am I like as the dog? Do I become like the dog and the dog becomes like me? Am I the owner? No, dogs. Dogs roll. So, yeah, I mean, the door, I mean, it's just like, get out, get out. <laughs> I hardly pushed the, I think, I didn't think I really pushed the buttons much. But it's such a great relief to have a podcast to get this out. It's 
get, right? This is live, live drama, live drama. So what the lesson, as I talk this out, it's that inclusivity thing. It's like, I don't like, like, oh, we're a special club. This is a special club on podcast on Exodus and Leviticus. And I'm like, no, we don't need more teaching. We don't need more knowledge. We have like all the knowledge we need. I, and I have to tell that to myself. So the, so the idea that I have to go listen to some podcast on Genesis and Exodus, and, I, and really my wife wasn't really telling me I had to do it, but I'm just like, I don't want to do it. I just like, I went to the next step of like right away and just like, well, I ain't doing that. I'm not listening to that. And I can read it myself. And so I could like, come up with all kinds of reasons why not to do that. And it's like, I, why can't I just like let it go? You know, just like, okay, let it go. But I just have to like insert myself into it and go, no, I'm not doing it. This is why I'm not doing it. This is why I don't believe in it. And it's like back to the Rob Bell thing about put your blinders on. Put your blinders on. So I, I got my focus. It's about transformation. I want you, if you're listening to this podcast, to go through your transformation. It's not about comparing ourselves to others. It's not about having more knowledge. What, what, what is the message of the whole Bible? That there's a living God, right? I just read it in Hebrews. A living God. It's actually, if you look for that expression, a living God, it's all over the New Testament. But we don't focus on that stuff, right? So, yeah, I think we're doing great on that. And uh, I have a guy doing something. He's talking on the phone. He's talking on the phone. He's not doing a podcast, but... This is the world we live in. People like he was, he's doing business walking down the street. And he looked at me like, well, what is this guy doing? Is he talking to somebody? Is he doing business on the phone? <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I'm reading his mind. It doesn't matter. I just thought it was kind of funny to, to see somebody else doing kind of what I'm doing without podcasting. You know, this is, this is advanced podcasting, bud. There's cars coming down the road. We gotta wait for this car to go by. And we can go over here. Now we're over here, and there's more people out walking now because it's not so hot out. So it's great. So the thing is, I feel like the organized church, the pastors, the leaders, they keep delivering information. They keep delivering knowledge. And then they try to influence you, like, and then give you an influence, like, well, don't complain. You know, like, well, the stupid talk from Acts 6, like, oh, well, let's talk for 10 minutes on the church. And let's not complain, people. You know, look what they did in Exodus. It's like, not again. There's, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a connection there. There's like some people are like, we got to have more knowledge about Exodus. And it's like, I guess... They're giving messages out to people like have zero. Like it's like how many times do you need to hear about Exodus? I mean, it's good. I mean, but it's like you control it, control your media. I think I talk about that. Like, I have to control what media comes into my head, and we're bombarded. So I wasn't really going to talk about this knowledge Exodus thing, and I don't know if it's related to this next subject I was going to talk about, but. I sat, what was really interesting is what did I spend two hours last night doing? I was kind of watching a football game, but now with this technology, you can sort of do, have a football game on, which is kind of boring, right? I mean, there's not that much action in it, but instead of like parking my brain, some guy scheduled a infomercial, basically. It's basically an infomercial now, so like, if you're older, you remember turning the channel and you'd, you'd only have one media source, which is the TV. Well, now with smartphones, it's like marketers and salespeople are like in your face all the time. Just constantly in your face. And so I kind of like this idea of the story break. I started talking about that. So they're pretty clever. They never truly sold anything. Everything's for free so far, right? So they did a, a huge pitch last night. They, they said it was going to be like nine, you know, maybe 90 minutes, maybe 60 minutes, 70 minutes. And it went on for two hours, two hours. Some good content in there about um, 
speaking, right? Getting a message out. And uh, so good stuff. But, you know, it's at the end of it was the old 1997 lifetime access to all this training. So so they, they, they pitch all this value for two hours. And uh, truth be told, you know, I've had a few beers. So, so that's one, one thing with the webinar thing. You can webinar or whatever you want to call it. You know, who's watching? You know, I'm probably not the target audience. But it's, it's out there, so I'm watching it. And probably no different than an infomercial from the 70s and 80s, the old classics. Get your message out. Build your funnel. Get a big funnel, man. But a little better than that, because, I mean, the guy's, what was the guy's name? Vargas or something like that? Pete Vargas, maybe? Great story for him, you know? So you watch this thing, and it's like, well, yeah, he's he's a real hero. He's the hero in the story, right? So he's not following the story brand model. And they try, they do a little bit of it, trying to make us the hero. You know, like, you could be an awesome speaker. You know, and we had to get on stages, something about stages. Yeah, get on stage. And yeah, I, I'm working up to this is my practice around, I guess, podcasting. Just a, a vast um, soul spirit of information processing. I'm just processing information. And uh, so yeah, I'm probably a rare breed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not your typical customer. There's my one friend who said, like, you know, people just want to be told. They want an easy life. It's easy if you just go to church and have some dude get all excited and tell you that you're doing jack for Jesus. You know, that's a, this makes you feel good, I guess. I mean, I guess that's a good strategy. Go to church and stand up in front of three, 400 people that you should know by now. But just make a public announcement that, hey, you're doing jack for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, people like that. I, I didn't know that. That seems kind of strange to me, like why someone would like that. <laughs> or, or even if, why, why somebody who's supposed to be wise and have wisdom doesn't tell the guy afterwards, like, hey, dude, not a good move. <laughs> that's, that's not a good move, dude. Oh really? You don't think? And maybe so. Maybe that conversation took place. Like, well, well, uh, you know, I think you thought that was a good idea to like just yell at everybody and tell them that they're like doing Jack for Jesus, but you know, really, it wasn't a good idea. And and the guy might go, Oh really? Oh, okay, I won't do that again. Yeah, but nobody says, Well, no, it's not just a matter of not doing it again. It's more of a like get up there next week and apologize. You know, like that. That would be effective. <laughs> But we just sit back and take it, folks, don't we? We just sit back and take that crap. And there's all kinds of versions of that in the world. All kinds of versions of the jack for Jesus. And yet, what was it? How did I do that? So, so stages, get on stage. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably do that. I mean, I'll probably go down that path. And so I'm not really, I'm not... Like what am I, what is the, the the colloquial term is like I'm not knocking it. Am I, am I knocking it? I guess I'm knocking it. I'm just it's like these things don't need to be hyped, do they? I mean, I guess they're hyped. And there's all kinds of people like you know, I'll submit your video, your three minute video. Just try to try to follow the system. And so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm probably putting up barriers to my own message, but it's not bad to do that. Like to like really think through things, you know, really, really let it marinate, let the message marinate, get it, get it solid, figure it out, bring the best of it all. And then you just become part of the, uh, part of the club, I guess. And I, I, I just like, I'm resisting like, being part of the club club because being part of this club uh, means pure commercialism. 
Now, on the one hand, I say it brings value. So like, what kind of value do you bring to the heroes and guide? That's why I prefer the story brand concept versus the story braid, which is ironically that they're so close together. And then there's other methods. And I've already threw out my 1997 already. And and I want I'm not going to throw out my 1997 again because there's an overlap there. It's a framework. What's the framework, right? Is one better than another? Not necessarily, but they, you probably need both. Probably need them all, and that's why some coach just kind of she kind of chuckled and said like, "Well, oh man, I spent so much invested so much money on these programs and going to these things and events and stuff." Which is okay. So, yeah, yeah, it's okay. And I and I see the value in giving it away free. So it's like, again, it's like they gave me the framework. Two hours. The reason I watched it, and I took screenshots. Or in fact, the technology is amazing. I, I used to have to like get in front of a computer and use some kind of like screen capture software, to like capture the information. And I know I did this the other day too on another one of these things for free, was capturing the screen prints. But it all comes down to execution. It doesn't matter, like whether I have the screen capture of everything the guy said last night. But it was kind of fun, anyways. I thought, well, that's kind of cool. I can just use my phone and do like a push the two buttons. There's one on the right side of the phone and the left side of the phone. And it basically takes a picture of what's on your your phone screen. So, and normally, like, if you do an in-person live presentation, you have people sitting in chairs, like, in a, in a presentation room. And they're sitting there listening, and you're doing your pitch. But now with the Internet, you're pitching people on their couch watching football and drinking beer. <laughs> which, which is probably not what they think they're doing. But that's what they are doing. They're pitching. The pitch is global. The pitch is all over. Give me your email address. Capture. Yes, capture this thing. Get those emails. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've my inbox is fifty thousand emails and I don't I just have to filter. I just I don't delete anything. It's too much work to delete them. So until the the server my internet service provider, ISP, tells me, like, you got too many emails, I ain't deleting anything. Let's see if I can get to 100,000 emails. Morning. Morning. Grandson? Yeah. Oh, how about that? Granddaughter. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the day. It's beautiful, beautiful out here. And uh, there, be kind. Now, that was sincere kindness to some couple walking their granddaughter. See, I can be loving. My wife slams the door in my face. Not my face, but she's just pissed. <laughs> because it's transformation, people. It's like, do we? how much knowledge do we have, do we need to have to be joyful, to have the fruit of the Spirit, right? How, how much knowledge do we have to have to have love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. How much? Knowledge, right? And then it's like, oh wait, the knowledge is that it comes from the Holy Spirit. So this is where it's the Holy Spirit, folks, that is not being taught. So again, I'm back to marinating in the message. We have tons of churches, all of them, teach accurately about Jesus. Right? They teach Acts. So that's Acts chapter 18. Apollos. We've got lots of Apolloses. Right? And they teach accurately about Jesus. But who's teaching accurately about the Holy Spirit? Right? And I, I, I still haven't found anyone teaching accurately about the Holy Spirit. And so it's almost like, well, how can you do that? How can you really teach accurately about that? And here's another dog. All right, dogs. Mackinac Island, is that right? Mackinac. Mackinac. Up there in Michigan, right? All right.
Oh, wait. We've met. I don't recognize you with the hood on, man. Yeah. You're the bicyclist, right? And the finance guy. Yeah. All right. You getting ready to go to Germany? Right? Uh, yeah. Right? We talked this summer. Gonna, yeah, we're going to go to, uh, on a Christmas cruise. Yeah. Starts, uh, we leave the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. We're there for a couple of weeks. So That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, actually, I signed up for another one in April for my wife's birthday. To, where at? Uh, Germany. Oh, again, you're going, you're doubling up on Germany. Comes Excellent. Ends at Baden-Baden. Uh, yeah. And well, you're going to be in Nuremberg, right? Yeah. This Christmas one? Yeah. They have, supposedly they have the, supposedly they have the biggest Christmas market oh, yeah. in Germany. I mean, that's the best. We're actually going to be there, like, the last day they dock at uh, Nuremberg, and then you got the whole day, and then you leave the next day from Nuremberg. Then oh, we're gonna take a train to Munich and fly out of Munich. Just a or, train. Oh, okay. But then, do you stay in Munich yeah, for a while? Yeah, yeah. And we'll be there three days. Oh, Munich, three days, great. Three days, and then you know, I'll go up. We'll go up and see Dachau and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because that's only like a half hour away. Yeah, yeah. It's so a beautiful area. It's super. So did you ever? Uh, you were looking at getting a job, right? I'm just yeah. Hopefully, doing more than just looking, yeah. right? <laughs> You have one I, I'm really close. I have an interview at noon today on the phone. Ooh, and uh, I think the hiring manager is just formality, like talk to this guy. You and, already talked to like, the guys who are going to hire you. Yeah, yeah. The hiring manager is like this, but he's got to get approval oh, from, yeah. you know. So I got a noon and I'll probably have an offer next week, I hope. Where, where is the job? Well, I would stay here. Yeah. It's a sales. So it's local Phoenix, South Cal Southern California. So it's just stay here. I'd love it. What, yeah. what, uh, is it medical or something? Or well, it'd be a little bit of medical aerospace. So they do circuit cards. Uh, so every, those little green things with chips on it. Yep. So everybody, not everybody, but a lot of companies need those things. Yeah. Right. And so nobody wants to make them, manufacture them. No. So there's little companies that all they, they, make them here? they, they have sites all over. Okay. Like if you're going to do big volume, like a phone. They're, like there's so there's like millions of these, right? Right. So they do them in Asia because the labor costs are low. Yeah. But a lot of people need those cards made, but they only need like a thousand of them. Yeah. Right. So they're not going to make it in Asia for a thousand. No. Right. So so that's the business. It's a it's very nice electronics. Where, where, where is it located here? You work well, out of your house. yeah, I would work out of my house. They have sites in North Dakota. Apparently, apparently, I didn't know this, but Minnesota and North Dakota are like really good places for this kind of stuff i didn't Tech stuff? for this yeah making circuit cards oh, and i think it's because ibm was there back in the 70s yeah. and ibm needed to have 3m's in minnesota too yeah okay so the so there's there and then florida is another place so i'm talking to a guy in florida gotcha. today but yeah there's just a it's kind of an eclectic industry these cards thing right well it's like a niche it's like mine you know there's yeah. we work for you know 150 banks but there ain't many people who do what we do nationally you know yeah so well niching is what i'm learning is like niching is like the perfect thing right because yeah, the big guys overlook you <laughs> and the little guys can't do it because, <laughs> you know they need uh you know they're like there's a lot of little guys that work out of their trunks and stuff there's probably you know uh, we just went to a conference and there was only like six people that did what we do okay okay nationally. It's for the SBA, you know, lending. Yeah, yeah. So niching, that's great. Do you do you SBA loans like 150 grand and stuff? Well, we do everything because we do the construction piece of it. Okay. You know, we we do the construction management of it. So if someone's building a franchise and they need to fill out a building for a well, franchise. Well, they go to the they go to the bank. Yeah. They get a loan. Yeah. And we work for the bank. Okay. And we manage the construction risk. Okay. You know, so we'll do so that's your niche. That's a niche. Yeah. yeah. So I got to We got to both go. But uh, I I'm really jealous that you're going on this trip. It's going to be awesome to Germany. Right. Yep. And I, I Nur, Nur, <laughs> if you get a, some freedom, Nuremberg is. Have you been yeah. Yeah. I was just well, in fact, I was just there this summer. Nice. But for me, I'm a little bit Nazified or whatever. I'm interested in the Nazi history. I'm right. German. So so <laughs> the Nazi history is fantastic in Nuremberg. And that sounds right. terrible. Right. But that's where they had these summer rallies. Oh, so big, that big stadium. Yes, you, you have to go there. It's so amazing. And I don't understand what the Germans are doing, but it's like 
they let it be like just as it was. And it's like it's falling apart and crumbling, which is like very symbolic. Right. It's like crumbling. But you can walk up on this concrete, which is cracking, falling apart. You can walk up to this podium where Adolf was speaking to all these people. And it's just freaky. It's well, freaky. That's where you see all those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, you know, even at night, you see like, the whole, like thousands of people. Yeah. And this guy became famous, his architect, Albert Speer, because he shot these lights up into the sky. That was all right there. So you're going to be there. It's not your favorite thing. If you're going to Christmas market, right, you're not going to go like, hey, let's go shopping for Christmas. And they're like, oh, wait, we got to go over here to the Nazis. <laughs> well, there is a, on this thing they have in the morning, they have like a Christmas market tour. And in the PM, they have a World War II tour. Okay. So I can't imagine they wouldn't go there. Yeah, there. I mean, that's like the central Nazi place. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I would, I, I lived in Munich for a long time. And when you go to Munich, go to like the, the you're gonna see the Glockenspiel at eleven o'clock in the morning. Is this Glockenspiel? Marion Plots. right? And there's people that give out walking tours that are fantastic. We did this summer. It's like you pay I don't know twenty bucks or something. And it's usually an American guy or somebody. Yeah. They'll walk you around the downtown area. Fantastically fun. And it just takes like two or two hours and you get to see everything. Well, we're staying at a hotel that's kind of like in between the train station and Marion Plaza. Okay. Okay. So, it's, so that's why we said, yeah, we'll just take the damn train. Or you probably walk if you're that close because it's only like a mile from the, the, the main train station to Marion Plaza is one mile. So if you're in between... Yeah. You won't even need a train. You'll just walk. You'll no, just, that, that, yeah. and that's probably what, you know, we figured. I'm looking at the map and I'm going, that's, I mean, it'll take you like 15, 20 minutes to get there. But still, you know, yeah. I'm going to walk it to a lot of these places, you know. Yeah. I don't know how the cabs and everything are. Yeah. So, yeah, you, well, that's a beautiful shopping area, too. A lot of high-end stuff. Do you like oh, jewelry? Does, does Do you know what the German word is for jewelry? Remember. So you're gonna be see you're gonna see these signs on the street that say schmuck, <laughs> schmuck, and you're like, <laughs> I'm the schmuck. My wife, but, but your wife, you're gonna say, hey honey, I bet you love, I bet you love me because you love schmucks, right? But that, <laughs> so, <laughs> so jewelry is schmook, but it looks oh, yeah. like for us it looks like schmuck. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. You know, but, I took four years in high school, but shit, ask me. I like I can understand it sometimes when somebody's saying it. Yeah. But I, you know, like I'm gonna have to go back and like study it a little bit before I go. Remember some you, of the vocabulary. If you walk from your hotel to Marion Plaza, I swear you're gonna see a schmuck sign because yeah. they you, you pull that joke off on your wife, you'll have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck on your uh, interview today. And I All right. Hope you get it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Have a good walk. All right. Wow. Wow. Bud. Good dog, bud. Didn't bark. There was another dog. Yeah. We got the wall going up. <laughs> not to keep out, or not, not to keep our commie friends inside the wall, but to keep some noise out, right? Those fine German autos and General Motors autos from Detroit, Michigan, that make a little bit too much noise, right? We got a sound barrier wall here, and the sun is up, right? So this is like turning out to be one of the most crazy podcasts I've ever done. I don't even know if you could hear that, but you could probably hear that I was pretty excited about. It. I'm pretty excited about the uh, my friend there, my, who I don't know his name, but he's a biker and he's in finance. He's got a niche, niche, and so there's some guys doing some construction out here cleaning up this side of the wall so bud we're not going to walk today down there there's too many trucks but it's moving along it's coming along bud the wall we got the wall baby such a buzzword the wall and in a few months maybe a year or two people will look at this wall and go like wow that's probably always been there and it's like no it hasn't we're cutting off the coyote traffic, man. The coyotes used to come across that wall. So we're cutting off the coyotes. 
So we're 30 minutes into this podcast, or 15 if you're playing it at 2x. But I'm excited for that guy going to Nuremberg. Is that abundance, that mentality? Can I get some abundance thinking, like be happy for this dude and his wife to go to a Christmas market in Nuremberg? Like, I don't have to go. I don't have to be like jealous of like, like, and also let it embitter me. I can celebrate. This is transformation, folks. I have, you know, this is not the way. Bud, what are you doing? Let's go. Um, that's not the way we're born, right? As kids, we're like fighting over toys. Like, that's my toy. And if you got my toy, I want it. <laughs> and mothers know this stuff. Mothers see this all the time. And it's so familiar to mothers with kids. But us guys, we just miss it. We're like so stupid. Not that we're stupid. We just don't. We don't live the daily experience, right? So mothers with kids, they, they've seen this for years, especially if you have four kids, right? And you have different ages, and then they start grabbing toys from one another and crying like, oh, I want it. So for me, I'm like going through a transformation where I'm no longer a child. <laughs> when I laugh at that because I have a good friend who probably about 10 years ago, so that was his summation of my of meeting me and having an interaction with me. His summation was, you're such a child, you know? And maybe I am. So you can spin that two ways, right? You can say, oh, well, Jesus said you should become like a child. Okay, there, that's good. Or you could say, like, you could spin it negatively, like, oh, you're such a child, man. You're so, you're so nightish, you're so... So jealous, so eiferzustige mensch. That was yesterday's podcast. So in my in my soul a bit, I guess I'm feeling energized. <laughs> this and then I chuckle and laugh. So I, you can look at that. You can spin that my my laughter. You can spin that negatively, like this guy's a nut job. But I'm just telling you, you know. This is tran- this is transparent. This is authenticity. Authenticity at its best. The authenticity podcast. Yeah, yeah, authenticity. But yeah. <laughs> so I just thought of performers like to to perform to an audience, right? So Bud's my audience. I don't get a lot of feedback from Bud. Do we Bud? You're just doing your thing. And most of the stuff I probably talk about is like obvious to you. It's just like I'm repeating it back to you. Repeating stuff you already know, like mothers and the, the baby. So I'm really excited about the guy getting some schmuck. Schmuck? Schmuck or schmuck? In German, it's schmuck jewelry. So it's no, there's nothing like walking down the street and... Uh, seeing a sign that says schmuck <laughs> and thinking to yourself like, really now? That's uh, that's some marketing there, isn't it? <laughs> Signage. Put a sign out in front of your store. Schmuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cultural differences. Language. Yeah, it all makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. Really complex in the marketing world. I'm getting that language now. So, am I a madman? I'm like a, I'm like a madman, 1960s advertisement man, without the job, right? But you, oh, you heard I've got the interview here in a few hours, and I have to tone it down, man. As my friend says, just dumb it down, Mike. <laughs> Jobs, jobs, dumb it down. So I'm learning. I am constantly learning. So I have to do my phone call, um, dumb it down, um, make it through, ask good questions, ask good questions, and uh, get through this test and get a job offer. And if we're really quick, if we're really quick, Maybe I can get to Dusseldorf on a business trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me of football player Paul Horning, Green Bay Packer. 
who said he went through life on scholarship. You know, are, are we all doing that? So are we all going through life on scholarship? Is it all just continuous learning? So if we're continuously learning, are we getting our education fees paid for by our employers? You know, continuous learning. Going through life on scholarship. I've traveled the world on, that's, that's like, that's like my underlying, underlying motivation in, in many cases is to have a traveling job because I just love to travel. And if I can do business traveling, then I'm not, I'm not paying for the travel, right? Because traveling can be expensive. Dang. But you got to get results, man. Get some results. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to niche down, get some results. And that's what we're doing. And Bud, what are we doing over here? Interested in these guys with the fluorescent shirts. We're doing some digging. Yeah. Trenching. Right, Bud. Yeah, Bud's curious today. I guess the weather must be good. So Bud is really making a grand tour this morning. So what else? So I watch the pitch, get on stage. This is not my audition tape, by the way. <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, marinated. So I guess, should I, I mean, should I, how, how concerned should I be with my wife's anger outburst? She's pissed at me because I'm like, Saying, like, really? We're going to read Exodus and Genesis again? Like, there's some special knowledge there for us? There probably is some. I mean, Egypt is really a foundational, symbolic event, right? I mean, Joseph did uh, got sold into slavery by his bros and... Uh, had some bad experiences with old Pharaoh there before he became a stud for Pharaoh. And then he like did the uh, dream and he said, Hey, we're going to have three and a half years of awesomeness. And then three and a half years of nothing. So we better store up, store up some stuff. So Joseph ends up being a hero, hero. Like we all are heroes. You're a hero. You're like Joseph. You're a hero. You got a bat. You got a challenge, right? You're gonna solve a challenge today. Like, should you use oregano in the spaghetti sauce or some more salt? Right? That's you decide. You're the hero. You get to make the decision. That's that's all yours, man. And it is significant because it's fun, right? You know, rejoice in all the decisions you get to make, and rejoice in being the hero, right? And often, it's like my favorite singer, jazz, my favorite female saxophone player, Mindy Abair, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a classic song. No good deed goes unpunished. Maybe I should look at that, think of that when I think about my wife, like pissed and slamming the door on me. Because I was just doing a good deed. I was just bringing a good deed to her. Trying to help her light, just lighten up. We have, we have enough knowledge, peeps. So no good deed goes unpunished. Morning. Yeah. So no good deed goes unpunished in the spaghetti sauce analogy or metaphor. I always get those mixed up. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to become better at the metaphor analogy differentiation. But with a spaghetti sauce, oregano, salt, you make a decision. You're the hero. You've got mom gets the mom gets dinner on the table, and then four kids, four kids uh, are having various responses, and one probably is like, "Mom, I hate this. I don't like this spaghetti." And it's like all you were doing was a good deed. You were doing a good deed. And as the song goes, 
no good deed goes unpunished, right? Just like this person over here is walking their big dog. And it's a good deed. Walk your dog. But she might feel punished right now because he's acting unruly and pulling on the leash, right? So if you're a mom and you make dinner and you get some, it's a good deed. And it will probably go, no good deed will go unpunished. So you'll probably get insulted, diminished, <laughs> not be thanked, not get enough praise, just not get it. I think it's, I guess women understand this stuff more than men. Because we're just so stubborn. We're so damn stubborn. And like, as a woman would say, we're probably like, oh, these men are so cute, clueless. They're so clueless. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So I think maybe I'll end the podcast now because I got, I see Rob. Rob is coming out with his weekly podcast. And I thought it might have been yesterday, but it didn't come out. And uh, so we'll see. Like the week before, he kind of upset me with his political views, right? Like not that I would, I never upset anyone with my political views, right? <laughs> what are my political views? I don't know. Do you make assumptions? You know? Do you make assumptions about my political views? I don't know. I don't know. You probably, maybe I've said a few things that make you think you know what my political views are. But I guess we don't like to be labeled. We don't like to be put in a category. So it is what it is. So I'll probably end this podcast now because I, I don't know if I really have any more to add on the subject of of what. Well, what, what I, I thought I had a good title at the very beginning, but now I, I started out with the we know enough. I guess that's what I'm going to call this baby. We know enough to be awesome. How's that? So, and being awesome, it's all I know. Microaggressions. Remember the other day I was saying, like, we need something for the opposite of microaggressions. So I'm, I, I kind of looked on the synonyms, antonyms. I was like, what's the, is there, what's the word for, like, the opposite? I couldn't find one, but I just started getting frustrated with the computer. So I just like, all right. This is the word. It's called aggression. So there was all kinds of similar words, blah, blah, blah. And it looked like I got something for opposites. And there's a whole list of potential opposites for aggression. And I'm like, which one, what, which one of these goes well with micro, right? And the only one I came up with was micro harmonious. And, and that's like, you can do that right now. So like being awesome is just spreading more micro harmony right? Micro harmony. So those kids who are like pissed off because you like put too much oregano in the spaghetti sauce, that kid, you know, you just smile, hug them. Don't argue with them. The kid doesn't like oregano. So just let it go, right? But be micro harmonious, micro in the moment for those five seconds is all it takes. Five, micro harm harmony. That's all it takes. I'm naming it, man. Maybe I should change this to, maybe that'll be the subtitle of this podcast. So we got, what did we say it was? <laughs> Dang, but the micro harmony. I love the micro harmony. Now I got to back up. What was that? So close, so close to uh, this title on this thing was, oh yeah, we know enough. We know enough. Yes, we have enough knowledge right now. We don't need any more knowledge. We keep seeking knowledge. We keep thinking Knowledge, having more information is going to propel us. It's okay to marinate. Marinate on your message. Marinating is good, but do we need more research? Do we? I mean, that's what they say with writers. A lot of times they they like, oh, they get all hung up in the research. Like that's a block, a writer's block thing, right? Research, research, research. Got to research this, right? Because they want people want somebody else to um, justify their ideas, right? So I kind of had a snarky Twitter with this writer who also teaches literature, literature, you know, something important. Of course, if we're talking about literature, then, then you know, we've got to follow the principles of good literature. And you've got to cite original sources, you know, 
original sources. You've got to cite them, you know. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, if I read Shakespeare over and over for 300 hours and I want to comment about Shakespeare, it, yeah, I guess it would be helpful for me to quote, you know, provide the reference to the exact Shakespeare quote. Or can I not just comment in general about Shakespeare after I read 300 hours of it? Can I just make a logical conclusion without having to cite some reference? That's my issue, you know? Of course, I'm contrarian. So even this person in the discussion would probably agree. Like, well, I guess if you're just, if you're just trying to like make some general comment about Shakespeare's works, you know, I guess you don't really have to cite it. And in fact, I don't even think you have to cite anybody else since Shakespeare wrote these things that also commented in a similar vein that you do. Because we're enough. We don't need to go find someone from 1850 who, who agreed with my conclusion. And that's pretty much what people do when they do research. It's like, I have this theory on Shakespeare. Well, does anybody else share that theory? Oh, well, they have. Gee. That just so happens to be Jonathan Winston, who in 1863 wrote an essay about the same thing. Oh, that validates that validates my theory. Oh my gosh, as if Jonathan Winston from 1863 is any more an expert than you are. I guess we're stumbling into that. You know, make yourself an authority. You are an authority, right? You know, you own it. Own this thing, right? So, yeah, that's the direction I'm progressing. I'm evolving. I'm, tra I'm uh, transforming. It's a dual thing. It's like I practice the transformation. And I also am working on how to articulate the transformation. And there you go. So I need, do I need to resonate with 7 billion people? Probably not. Not going to happen. So it's going to be a niche. Niche, just like we talked about. Know your audience. And my audience is likely like sarcastic-minded folk like myself. Is it sarcastic or like like cynical people like myself? You know? Or it's all about love, though, when it gets down to it. We're just we're the cynical, sarcastic people are the least loved people on the planet, probably. So we all can relate to, like, not being loved. And we're over it. Because <laughs> so, all we need is the God of the universe to love us and have confidence in that. Have confidence that the God of the universe uh, loves you as you are. So there is some truth to the you be you. And there's a lot of truth to if you are being you be you, that some people won't like it. Can I get comfortable with that? Some people won't like the you be you. Some people won't like the you that is you. And the you know, and so I've heard recently some people you know um, comment negatively about you be you and say, well, no, you really you know this theory that you should be you is uh, is not a good thing. You know, the you be you thing. You know, that's not necessarily good. Because when you are being you, you might upset the boundary markers of our little club, right? So whatever organization you happen to be part of, you best not buck the trend with your own independent thought. <laughs> so we've got a title of this podcast, which is We Have Enough Knowledge. Subtitle is Go Spread Some Micro Harmony. So, you got that? Micro Harmony. I named it right here 2019, November, what was this? November 4th, 2019. The term Micro Harmony has now gone out into the world. And it's really much better than microaggressions, right? 
We don't, you know, we, nobody wants microaggressions, but we all want some micro harmony, right? Don't, don't you? Do you want to have some micro harmony in your life? <laughs> and sometimes micro harmony might look like micro sarcasm, right? It might. So who's saying sarcasm is all bad, right? It's just being part of the harmonious world we live in. Let's spread some harmony, right? Micro-harmony. Drop the microaggressions. And what are microaggressions? It's when somebody does something that pisses you off, right? So somebody says something. So respond to when those moments when you hear something or somebody does something. Dare I say, cut you off in the freeway. You know, I'm a huge violator of that. I'm an outlier, man. An aggressive driving. Huge outlier. And I don't do it because you are deserving of aggressive driving. It's just, we have a free-for-all here. There's no rules. Very few rules here. Even the speed limit's kind of questionable, right? Because, like, they people argue in court about what is a reasonable speed, you know, like in the example is like, well, you know, when it's raining and snowing, even though the posted limit is 55 or 65, you know, under those conditions, what's reasonable speed is more like 45. You know? But it also goes the other way. When it's clear as day, if it's an Arizona day and the sun is out and you've got clear visibility and there's nobody on the highway, go ahead and go 130. Why not? See how fast that car can go. Yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> and so far, I haven't had my driver's license taken away. But I'm usually pretty cautious about that. Now, someone would say that that's microaggression. That's just a display. You drive 130 on the freeway? Are you kidding me? That's microaggression. So, if I ever did get pulled over, how do you respond to that? You respond with microharmony. Yes, microharmony, just for a few minutes. Not even a few minutes, just first couple seconds when the police officer comes to your window and taps and says, hey, uh, driver's license, registration, and insurance. You just respond with some microharmony and see if you can get by. <laughs> wow, I ended with a great story for you, microharmony. It was a little bit, it was a fantastic, fictitious story, but it, I think you could visualize that, right? Put yourself in that position, you know? All right, this is absolutely wild and crazy. I don't know where this is coming from, but it's part of my transformation and moving forward. So thanks for hanging in there for 53 minutes. May you have a wonderful micro-harmonious day. Put that into practice, please. And let's see what kind of results you get from just being micro-harmonious. And some of you are already out there on the distribution curve. You're already pretty good at this. But a lot of us, like me, are not really good at micro-harmony. And when I go back in the house and see if I can practice it myself, because my wife's kind of pissed off at me. And how do I know that? Because she slammed the door in my face. <laughs> I'm... I'm a brilliant observer of what's going on, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Raise a glass. Peace, grace, and peace, my friends. And lots of mercy needs to be added on to that. And my mercy today will be getting to the next step in the interview process to get a job offer. Amen.